Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT test. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, videos on key topics, a built-in study planner, and full-length practice exams. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get 10% off. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Hamada Zahawi from Right Track Admissions, and also from his new course, the College Admissions Mastery Course. And Hamada, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your company and uh, the course that you built. You got it. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me again, Tyler. It's always a pleasure to have uh, this opportunity to speak about college admissions with you on this uh, very, very important podcast that you've created, especially given the importance of standardized testing even now uh, in this environment. And so mm-hmm. uh, I started uh, Right Track Admissions back in 2008 with the goal of really giving uh, applicants the best chances possible, despite actually, and no offense to you, uh, despite having a poor standardized score. Hopefully, working with Achievable, you guys will get the, the score you needed. But for my end, didn't exist at my time. And so I struggled <laughs> and I really had to have an outstanding application, which is why I really kind of focused on developing this company to give everyone an, uh, an equal footing or a good shot at getting into their dream college. Now, mm-hmm. um, what I've done is... Uh, based over 15 years of tried and tested experience working with thousands of clients uh, across the world, we put together a course that is really in uh, three parts. There's a checklist that helps you kind of go through what you need to be thinking about in terms of college admissions. There is a uh, video series that pretty much captures everything that, uh, w- that we will cover from are you a good college candidate all the way to how do you succeed once you're admitted in college? So you can imagine and everything in between, including what we're going to be covering today uh, as well in terms of a topic. And then finally, uh, my magnum opus, the actual uh, uh, college admissions mastery guide, uh, a book that we've put together, an ebook that we put together that really covers everything in granular detail for your uh, viewing pleasure. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. you can find that on www.collegeadmissionsmasterycourse.com, which I think, Tyler, you're going to have in the show notes as well as a 25% discount for you uh, that we will uh, provide you with that uh, discount code at the end of this video so that you can benefit from that at a lower cost. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And I, I think, first off, thank you for giving our listeners a discount code. We really appreciate it. Um, and second off, yeah, I mean, I've seen this guide myself. I definitely i i i don't think i've ever actually recommended anything on this show but i recommend this <laughs> this is a very this is a very cool guide and it's very thorough uh and it really is all the pieces of it right and we're going to be talking about a piece today that maybe doesn't get a ton of attention and it doesn't certainly we haven't had a ton of people who want to talk about it on the podcast um but it it can be very important which is the college interview Right. And I think that um, for a lot of people, the college interview is kind of scary because, okay, so you're like definitely on the short list for people they want to look at admitting if you get asked to do an interview, but you're also not in yet. And a lot of people who are in high school have not really gone through interviews before, right? Like maybe you did a job interview or two, um, but that's about it, right? So, First, I'd love for you to kind of take us from the top, right? Like, what do people need to know about the interview? You know, what are the kind of key questions that they're probably going to ask? 
and why? Uh, and then, you know, how do you answer them? How do you really nail it? Got it. Yeah, look, the interview process itself is not tantamount to admission. In some instances, it really depends on the school, uh, if they offer it. Some schools uh, offer it for everyone. Some uh, by invite only. Some only if you are like literally almost admitted and they just want to make sure that you're not a hot mess uh, in terms of who they admit because you on paper you may have done – somebody may have written it for you and they want to make sure that there's a connection. Uh, but you're essentially in. So there are – it really depends. It's not – there's not a uh, a silver bullet for all of this stuff. It really depends on the school. Um, and, you know, for example, at Harvard, um, as a college uh, applicant, if once you pass a certain criteria, you will get the interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, for example, was uh, asked to be on the interview. I wasn't because obviously I uh, run an admissions consulting company, which helps students get into schools like Harvard. Uh, so I had to recuse myself, but a lot of people who are alum of Harvard have the opportunity to interview students. And there's a huge criteria that I would, it would take forever to go through this uh, on the podcast that you need to be thinking about as an interviewer, as you go through the process. Uh, but mm-hmm. even you as an interview know that even if you give somebody a stellar review, they may still not be admitted. And if you give someone a horrific review, it will probably cause red flags and they probably dig a little, a little dig into a little deeper what am i mean by all this is um don't steal victory you know don't steal defeat out of the jaws of victory as they would say if you are literally at the at the at the, at the end just bring it home if you do a bang up job you still may not get in but you're not going to be booted out because of the interview if you are literally on the way in and you screw up the interview because you didn't practice for it rehearse for it think about it then you can pretty much screw up what would have been a victory for you and you pretty much you know stole defeat out of the jaws of victory so to speak right so well and i think another like put another way or kind of what I'm hearing from you is the goal of the interview is not to convince them to admit you. The goal of the interview is to not do something that would make them not want to admit you. Right. So it's like, you're not, you're shooting, you're shooting for acceptable, not necessarily shooting for amazing because what you don't want to do is, you know, get do like basically like have the opposite happen where they're like this person's awful right yeah and it's risky because i mean look some people are very good at interviewing some people are nervous i mean i feel like i'm a damn good interview and trust me i've botched up interviews because i'm like wow how did i screw that up because even if i've prepared sometimes you just don't bode well with the person you may they may be having an off day and they will reprimand you for it so your job is just to be not exceptional because some people's, you know, could be like, wow, this person's almost pretentious. They're so damn good, right? Like, I don't, you know, you just have to be mm-hmm. good, good enough um, and not dissuade them, at least as we, as it, as it uh, pertains to the college interview itself. Different for professional, different for other types of schools. I'm talking about for college interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're trying to show in there is really a couple of key things. And we'll go into this more in depth, but, you know, just uh, kind of from a, from a high level. Um is that you really want to show that you're, you know, how authentic you are, you know, which is really kind of like be genuine, 
you know, discuss your experiences, your aspirations. That's very, very important. You also want to demonstrate confidence, right? So that you can, you know, enhance your ability. And this could be, excuse me, articulated in terms of how you speak. And confidence comes from preparation in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I mean, yeah. even for this podcast, I mean, I prepped for it. I didn't kind of come out of nowhere. I have the material, you know, Tyler asked me, I thought about it. And even though I've done this many, many times, I take this stuff very seriously. And so you prep for it when you prep for it. Hopefully, guys, I sound confident to you uh, because I am, because I know what I'm talking about as it pertains to the subject matter. Um, and I think it's very, very important that you prepare for it also when you're interviewed because the subject matter in this case is what? Yourself. So if you don't speak confidently and you're screwing up and uh, 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 um, 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 right? And you're not really highlighting a lot of the key things that you've gone through, you're not going to appear confident and that's going to possibly be a knock against you. Uh-huh. So just kind of some things to kind of think about uh, in terms of that. Now, there's tons and tons of different, um, you know, uh, types of questions that they're going to ask you. And there's some really core ones you really want to nail down. But the way that I like to kind of divide the way that you think through this is into three areas, three buckets, guys. And good things come in threes. Number one is know yourself. Okay. That's super, super important. So the first one is really to know yourself. Um, because that's where you kind of start off with everything that kind of kicks off the whole system. And that's really, you, you know yourself by looking at your essays, application materials, and all the stuff that you put together when you storyboarded your background, their narrative, right? So that you feel comfortable as well, excuse me, your resume, right? Or in this case, maybe the common application activity section, which is tantamount to a resume. So look at your resume, look at the essays you wrote, look at all your notes and start piecing it all together so that you have a good idea. So when they start asking you questions about you, and here's some classic examples. Can you tell me about what you'd like to do outside of school? Can you tell me about a challenge that you've overcome? Can you tell me about your favorite book or movie? Tell me about what your friends would describe you in three adjectives. If you could have someone over for dinner, uh, with three you know, people who are dead or alive, who would they be, right? These are a little bit curveball questions, but these are great questions that you can anticipate that they're going to basically be asking about you. So it's uh-huh. critical to know yourself. And that is the first bucket. To tackle the most important of those questions, the one you need to nail down, can you tell me about yourself? It's a crazy question, right? Todd, if I asked you, can you tell me about yourself? Where do you start? Yeah, I mean, generally, you're either going to start with what you're what you're passionate about, or what you do for your job, or you know what you do, like what you identify most with. Okay, so you're telling me this now behind the podcast. We've got a pretty cush situation. I fired this to you at all six cylinders in the middle of an interview. I'm going to think you're going to probably, if you haven't prepared, you're going to scramble. Because you just came to me with two or three different ways of approaching it. The reality is you come into, like you're saying, it's what I do. Well, that's also because you're a professional. So you're going to identify yourself with what you do. When you're 17, 18, you don't got do. So what do you have? You've got you and you've got chronology. So you'll probably start from the genesis. Well, I was born here. I grew up, you know, wah, wah, wah. We can't go that way. You only got about a minute to answer this question. So you don't want to go to the genesis. So maybe you start off kind of like how you anchored yourself in what you do now. You got to start figuring out like, how do you want to answer this question? Anchor it somewhere and think about how much can you 
state in a cohesive yet comprehensive way without overwhelming the interviewer in more than a minute response or two minute max. You don't want to throw everything at them. Then they're going to be like, okay, pause, time out, right? You do also want, when you ask and think about that, you want to kind of lay some breadcrumbs for them, Tyler. So if you talk about yourself, you want to lay some breadcrumbs. Maybe as you're telling me a little bit about what you do, you threw in the term AI and ed tech, and then you peppered in something really minor about, I don't know, something else. And I'm like, okay, wait a second, Tyler. I know you were talking about X. I want to go back to something you said about ed tech and AI. And then, right, and you just laid that breadcrumb almost and I bit and I'm on another path. And now you're kind of almost controlling the conversation. What a great right. feeling to have. And you should uh, probably have follow-up answers to th- those kind of discussions, right? Or at least an idea of how it correlates yeah. to both your application and also kind of your story. Oh, I did say we want to start it off authentically. So if you tell me you got some interest in AI and ed tech, and then I just kind of like pump the brakes and say, tell me more. And you're like, I don't know. I actually read that somewhere and it sounded cool. And I thought I should say it in an interview. You know, like you don't want to be caught like flat footed like that. You want to make sure that you have like follow up uh, responses to some of those things. But what you're trying to say is every question shouldn't be, shouldn't be responded to with more than a minute max. Once you start going on the one to two to three to four to five minutes, you're going to bore the the thing, the interviewer, you're not going to give them a chance to speak. It's a one-way conversation. It's no longer a quote-unquote interview. Mm -hmm. So just kind of some tips to think about uh, as you go through that one, how to prepare for it, essays, resume, applications, know yourself, have strong responses to some of those questions I gave you, especially the can you tell me about yourself question. Now, the next area is now that you know about yourself and you're confident about yourself, then you want to answer the questions that they're going to ask you, which is know your school, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I have – you're basically what you want to try to showcase there is how are – who you are aligning with the school that you're interviewing with in terms of how they can support your personal academic and future ambitions, now, when you refer, when you review this question, you want to be thinking about if you wrote a why the, our school essay, pull that up because a lot of schools are asking that why that school, why our school essay, right? Pull that one up and get it ready. But if you don't and, or if it's not strong enough, I want to give you a mnemonic and the mnemonic is CLAP and that stands for community, location, academics, and personal or personal connection, you can say. Mm-hmm. Community essentially is going to be the school. Like, so they're asking you, like, know your school, know know your schoolers, and know their school. So you want to know about their community, diversity, alumni network, student organizations, student journals, right? All that stuff. If you're interested in the Greek system, their Greek system, everything there that really helps understand the the community of the school, really the EQ of the school, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Then you've got location. Everything you need to know about where it's located. I went to UCLA, right? So I wanted to know, I would have wanted to know everything about not just Westwood and Los Angeles, but Southern California, California in general, right? So you want about the location and how the location can play a role in your own academic growth and, and, uh, and uh, professional and personal growth. Then you've got A for academics. That's an obvious one. You're going to be thinking about these things, guys. Professors, classes centers, research, library, clinics, journals, 
um, research that they have on campus, right? All these things that make that, that formulate the backbone of an academic environment for the school. You want to know those things and know them well. And finally, personal. Personal is that je ne sais quoi, that X factor, that connection you have to the school, right? So Tyler, you went to, remind me again, I think it was Carnegie Mellon or something? Yeah. Yep. So imagine right now you're applying to Carnegie Mellon and your dad went to that school. Boom. You got a personal connection. Imagine you went to, you're applying to Carnegie Mellon and you went and did a summer class there. Imagine you met uh, one of your professors in high school had gone to Carnegie Mellon. That's your personal connection. That makes you a stronger candidate Carnegie Mellon than me because I don't have those things. So when they look, they're like, wow, this guy has these connections. He knows the school well. He's willing to go. He's visited the campus. He's taken classes, whatever it is. Okay. That's the personal. And that's an important factor that distinguishes you from me if all CLAP is exactly the same. I mean, C-A-L. So that P is what kind of gives you that distinction. What's exact, what are questions that you can anticipate for that one? What are academic interests or potential areas of study? How will attending our school help you reach your academic and career goals? What are the most important considerations when deciding where to attend college? Does your academic history reflect the type of student you hope to be at our school? What activities do you hope to be involved at our school? And the bum ba bum the basic question that you better freaking get right because this is just, this is like foundational is why are you interested in our school? Mm-hmm. And that's where CLAP really comes in. I love the community. I love the location. I love the academics. And I've got this personal connection. Okay. Right. Well, and it's also, it's it, like, it's key for that to be authentic as well, right? Like if you're just, you know, I really want to go here because, uh, you know, my parents, <laughs> my parents basically are demanding that I apply you know, that's not going to work very well. You've got to find a real reason that's going to, and it's going to come up authentically in the interview that you're excited. Exactly. That's compelling, right? Because also if you're like, I want to go to school because my dad's legacy, that's ridiculous. It's not going to help you either. It just so happens that their legacy, it just so happens that you may have gone to a campus activity because he was connected to it or what have you. So, uh, you definitely want to make it as authentic because the more you research, the more you find that connection, the more your heart thr- like thumps when you're reading about the school and they can see that, the higher likelihood they're willing to take you on than the person who's just got great grades but doesn't really care about your school to the next school. Mm-hmm. The last part of this, which I think is often neglected, um, and I don't know what your experience is, uh, <clears throat> is with this, Tyler, either in, in a job setting or in an academic uh, interview. But the last bucket, if we said know yourself, confidence, know the school direction to what you want to, you know, to where you want to go and what you want to do at that school, then the last one is know your interviewer. And that's the connection, right? That's the human element. Because if you go in there and you don't know who the interview is because they don't tell you, okay, fine. Then you can still prepare in other ways. But if you know who they are and you have a chance to Google them or look them up on LinkedIn without being creepy then you could really be able to create strong connections with that person. Things like shared interests, maybe places you've traveled in the same locale, um, books that you guys have both read, or things that he's really or she's really passionate in, uh, volunteer stuff that that individual does, like all kinds of things, right? And you want to have a series of questions for them. Most of all is have questions for the interviewer. And I'll break that down into like two areas. One is questions for someone who's interviewing you that's an alum of that school. Mm-hmm. And someone who's just a staff 
at that school. Which can also okay. include professors or someone in the admissions office, right? So yeah. examples for alum. What was your biggest regret when you were here as a student? Woohoo! You're going to get that person talking forever, right? What right. was the most another another version of that that I've heard that I also like uh, is what do you miss most from your time as a student? Perfect. There's a great one. I should actually edit the book and add that in there um, because they'll <laughs> yeah, they'll look back. Yeah, right. <laughs> because they'll look back and they'd be like, "Well, you know what? I really miss the, uh, the 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 safety I had at that school to basically think creatively without being judged." Right. You're like, boom. Mm -hmm. And you could actually include that in there. Right. Or I really miss going down and having these cookies I used to have at UCLA at Didi Reese, which is great because we used to get them for a dollar a cookie. And then I'd be like, dude, right now it's six dollars. You'd be like, <laughs> the guy would laugh or whatever it is. Or it was actually a quarter. It was a quarter when I was in school. Mm -hmm. So now maybe it's a freaking dollar, two dollars or something. Um, other questions you can ask them is why did you decide to attend this college versus other ones? Right. And then you could actually use that information. Right and be like oh, that's exactly why I want to apply because I exactly what I had read. You're saying that the school is great for blah, and you can say that was another reason that you were thinking about it. What's the main piece of advice you would have for an incoming freshman? And that one you could be you just be in listening mode, right? And that could also be for an alum and or a staff. What is something that you would change about the college? That could be for the alum and for the staff, and that's a tough one because that's really going to put their back against the wall. You don't also want to throw them some really hard questions because then they could be thrown off and they, you, need, you want them to answer it. Um, mm -hmm. Why did you decide to work here if they're a staff member, right? Um, then you could throw a statistic. You can say, uh, I, I researched that UCLA has the highest rate of blah, whatever it is, right? Is that still true? What are you guys doing about that? right? Or fun fact, I heard that you guys have, you know, whatever, an awesome Greek system, or you guys do a lot of great volunteer work. How do you guys uh, ensure that people as early as freshman year have a chance to experience that, right? And then that gets them excited and talking. And it shows that you've done your research and you're not giving them some vanilla questions. Okay. The right. idea here is well, that people love to talk, right? I mean, look at me, I mm -hmm. can't shut up. <laughs> it's like people love to talk, give them an opportunity to talk. Don't make it too hard for them, but Give them the opportunity special at the end because that's what they'll remember you at the end of the interview for um, for that part, which is know your interviewer. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was going to agree with you uh, that people love to talk. And I also think that the other part is – and because you asked me at the very beginning, I don't know how this like comes up in like a job interview even. I mean at the bare minimum, you like to see that they've done the homework, yep. right? So even if – your questions like, oh, I saw that you were like president of the Rotary Club and can you tell me about that? And they're like, ah, I don't really want to talk about it. But like, you know, you still did the homework. And then the other thing is that it does give you the ability to build a connection with the interviewer that's based on more than just sort of the fact that you're both put together there against your will by the school. <laughs> and you might you know, in a perfect world, the interviewer comes out of the interview being like, I like this person. I, 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 I enjoyed the conversation. Right. And so a lot of that is getting people to talk about themselves. Right. Um, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people is a great book that I'd recommend to pretty much anyone on that topic. But then another piece of it too, is that uh, you can also direct it towards things that are related to your application 100%. and to what you talked about before. Like, did you, 
talk about how you're really interested in chemical engineering and they were the president of the chemical engineering society on campus we'll ask them definitely ask them about that ask them how what the society does how to get involved what things the society do about stuff you care about maybe like diversity there's like that builds such a stronger connection and also so reinforces your real intentional interest in the topic that it's a really a winning strategy agreed you know what i'm going to put you against the wall my friend let me ask sure. you that question what is what is the one thing that you miss the most about carnegie mellon hmm. i definitely think it's the freedom i think you could say this about all college uh but you know as soon as you get into the working world and you've got a nine to five job suddenly all of your hobbies and other things that you want to do are given eh, realistically kind of like three hours a day max. And those are usually after work, after you commute home, after you make dinner for yourself. And that's the time that you, you know, you could be doing a hobby or you could be relaxing because you've been working all day. Um, I miss that about college the most, the, the freedom and time to like pursue what I was interested in. And then also the fact that the school had a ton of resources. So if I was interested in, let's say, becoming like a chess, a chess master, like there were clubs for it and there were probably even classes for it. Right. Versus now I'd have to go figure that all out myself. Um, yeah. So that was my answer to that. I hope that what was, I guess, what was a, what was a random skill that you developed in college that was just an interest? Hmm. Um, I mean, definitely to an extent, uh, writing, like, I think, you know, every, everybody kind of writes all the time in school, but it wasn't until I got to college that I really became interested in like getting good at writing. Um, and you know, I use it a lot in my career now, but I also want to do sort of writing for fun once I have a little more time. <laughs> yeah, and see, and, and, and these are all super, super important because these are the kind of things that you think about, like, wait a second, I didn't even really think about that. But once you get into that conversation with the interviewer, they go into nostalgia, they reminisce, and they feel mm -hmm. like, wow, thank you for reminding me of what I used to love to do when I was younger and was in school. And so I advise you, right? Like this is probably at the end of an interview question like that, you would turn around to the candidate and be like, and therefore I advise you to think out of the box and do those things that you know that you may not have time to do later down the road that you can kind of really uh, hammer home on. Uh, because mm -hmm. as life gets more complicated and the stakes are higher, you won't have a chance to continue refining your, your writing. Uh, you won't have a chance to, uh, to, to, to be selfish about yourself and develop yourself because you'll have other people in your life. Um, and so they can then turn that around and lay an anecdote to you and some kind of uh, preferred advice uh, that they would give to you and feel good about it, you know? Right. So, right. Well, and like you, you know, you just saw with me, right? Like it gets me kind of thinking about my experience <laughs> there. And it isn't, you know, I'm no longer thinking about like, ah, is this kid really like deserving of this or whatever, you know, some grouchy interviewer might be thinking. You know, you've, you've completely flipped it on them and gotten them thinking about positive things. Yeah, it's exactly it. It's exactly it. So let me, um, if, if I may take a couple of minutes more uh, of the mm -hmm. podcast, but I want to finish on uh, more of my classic, uh, 
you know, I'm sure you guys get so sick and tired of hearing these things like the five C's and the five P's. Well, this one's the five P's and it is the five P's for (laughs) for interview success. But again, it's a good way of kind of thinking about a lot of these things. And some of it we'll touch on in terms of what you and I just talked about, uh, Tyler, in terms of creating that rapport. So the first uh, of the five P's is practiced, right? I don't even know if that's a term, but be practiced. As in practice sample questions, practice proper decorum, even practice smiling on camera, in front of a mirror, because you want to have that smile. You don't want to radiate that smile uh, when you speak to the person, whether it's uh, on video or in person, right? Um, And practice in front of, you know, your friends, your family, just double check. But remember, the enemy of good is better. So don't over practice, don't over rehearse, don't over try to be perfect because that's when you start to sound disingenuous and sound robotic and that will affect Mm -hmm. the authenticity, which is what we spoke about in the beginning. Okay. So again, this is something I want you to think about before. There's also before, during, and after uh, parts of the, um, of the success tips. So another thing that you want to do before is the other P, which is presentable. So if the first one is practiced, the second one is be presentable. That's important. You know, dress in business casual, not too formal. I mean, it's up to you if you want to wear a suit and tie. I tend not to, uh, but I would wear business casual just so that you can um, show that you respect the procedure, respect their time. Don't peacock. We don't need you to wear a top hat (laughs) or a choker or something bananas because unless you're applying to like Parsons or something which is uh, artistic, you know, in the end of the day, you still want to be at least somewhat like not over the top. Obviously, you want to be well groomed, shave, you know, don't look disheveled, have proper hygiene, especially if you're in person. Mm -hmm. These are all important. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't don't care which way you look at it. You want to have proper hygiene. So respecting the person's time, respecting the person's space, uh, that's important. Um, You know, and you only have really a, a, a one chance to make a damn good first impression. And first impressions are not just the way you speak, but it's also the way you look and the way you present yourself uh, into the interview. Mm-hmm. So respect the interview's time and the process by being presentable. The last one that I want to say uh, of the first of the three P's that's before the interview is be punctual. If the interview is online, you want to make sure you've tested the camera, the mic, you know, like you and I just did, right, Tyler? I didn't come on and just, you know, we have to test everything out so that we can make sure that it's as audible as possible for you guys, right? Same thing here. You Mm -hmm. want to test your camera, test your mic, test your Wi-Fi connection. Make sure all of that is solid, right? If you're going there in person, meeting the person um, uh, physically, then you basically want to arrive 15, 20 minutes early just in case. Prepare, breathe feel comfortable and confident, not kind of rush in there because they're not going to forgive you if you're just sweating bullets because I'm so sorry I missed because of X. No, you've got to get there. You only have one chance to do it, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. those interviews only tend to be, what, 20, 30 minutes? So you don't want to waste time kind of checking technical issues or, you know, recovering from running because you are running late. During the course of the interview, the fourth P is be professional. Uh, and that's where you want to be courteous. You want to be humble, right? You want to be overall professional. Don't use slang or profanity, you know? Um, you don't want to be so conversational in a way that almost sounds like you're talking to uh, some random dude. Like this, you know, but you also don't you want to, you want to balance that without sounding stiff and overly formal, right? You do want to be conversational in a way, but not in a way that sounds kind of like you're disrespecting them. Um 
And that's important, right? Uh, and as part of being professional, obviously turn off your cell phone. For the love of God, last mm-hmm. thing you want is the, your cell phone blowing up or something happening right in the middle of the uh, of the interview. So that's something that I want you to think about during the interview. And the last thing I want you to think about during the course of the interview uh, is be personable. And you're going to be like, wait a second, you just told me to be perf- to, to be professional, and you're kind of you know wavering on like, what do you mean be per- personable? Well, we just said. I just asked Tyler a question about what he missed the most. And Tyler suddenly started reminiscing about the good old days and his writing and his ability to feel feel a sense of freedom. And that probably released a little bit of dopamines in him and he felt a closer bond with you. That is what we want, is the feeling of comfort with that person. You make eye contact, you smile. That's the EQ coming into play, right? That's the massive EQ. Q, which is what we talked about uh, in another uh, podcast as well, is the importance of what schools look for. They look for EQ and you can flex it in the interview itself, especially for point number five, which is personable. And mm-hmm. your, pro, your pro tip bonus, which is after, is make sure to write a courteous email. Thank them for their time. If you can remember something interview that they gave you advice on, say, and I really appreciated what you said about one, two, and three. I will never forget that. It'll be something I really remember uh, and I really hope I can do it when I come to this school or whatever it is. And they can remember it and then thank them <clears throat> for, you know, thank them for their time again and for them to have a great week ahead or a great weekend or whatever it would be. That's, I think, very important. It's a big part of being courteous. Um, and it's something that when I've interviewed people for schools, for jobs, I always leaves a very good taste in my mouth. So be practiced, be presentable, be punctual, be professional, okay? And be personable. And always remember to be uh, courteous at the end by sending, I guess you can put underneath professional, which is just send an email as a courtesy to the person. So those are the five P's I want you to think about to really ace the interview process. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I mean, it all comes down to being the kind of person that this alumni would be happy to recommend attend the school, right? Um, and the, again, tying it all the way back to what we talked about at the beginning, your goal is not to get them to think that because they think that you're a genius or something. It's usually very hard to prove or convince anyone of that anyway. Um, it's to show you know, good sort of personal and interpersonal hygiene and manners and mannerisms and like all like you said just like you know the goal is to minimize the negative outcome more than maximize the positive outcome it's really to like like do all the right things like give a good impression you don't have to blow their socks off you just have to show that you're a good person yeah Exactly, exactly. And someone that's going to fit and succeed in their community environment. Yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts on this before uh, we share the code and wrap up? No, I mean, this, these, these interview tips, thinking about know yourself, know the school, know the interviewer, honestly, is something I've told people applying to law schools, applying to business school. And even if you're applying to jobs, know yourself, know the profession, you know, the, the employer, that's know your school and know your interviewer. It's something that you should be practicing all across the board throughout your life and having these five P's as well. There's nothing here that's so connected to college only. These are great interview skills to have. But obviously, like you said, Tyler, a lot of these people do not have experience in interviews from the past. So if this is going to be your first foyer, I really hope that you can take all this in because I think it's going to be very, very helpful for this college interview and for future interviews in the future. 
Yeah, and don't be afraid to practice. I mean, certainly the best people to practice with are people that you hire who specialize in this kind of thing. Um, but you could also practice with, you know, maybe not your parents just because they know they're so close to you, but like your uncle or another family member or your school guidance counselor, a, a, a teacher or a coach at your school, right? Like, you know, get somebody who knows you who's an adult and, you know, tee them up with some sample interview questions that you can probably easily Google and are also included in Hamada's mastery course. And, you know, do all the work, like prepare yourself, prepare your answers, kind of like go in there, like do the thing, like show up in a suit, show up early, like have your hair cut, all that stuff, like, and really do a full, you know, dry run. That kind of practice will make you so much more confident and comfortable come interview day. Uh, Agreed. It's crucial to success. Great. Well, and as a reminder to all of you, we have a code that we're going to put in the description of the podcast as well uh, for Hamada's great course. And the courses you can access at uh, collegeadmissionsmasterycourse.com. And the code is WTA Podcast. And that'll last 30 days from when this is published. So go ahead and get on that now if you want to take advantage of this special 25% off. And even if it is after that code is expired, this course is fantastic and a great value. And I would definitely check it out. All right, this has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Hamada Zahawi from Right Track Admissions. And you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me. You can use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.